This is District Sentinel Radio, the newscast of record for the left. I'm Sam Sachs. I'm Sam Knights. Joined here by intern Nate. Hello. Check out the website, districtsentinel.com. We are broadcasting from the Citizen Capital Studios in Washington, D.C., and we're on John McCain Death Watch. You're about to do it! <laughs> uh, here's my concern for you, Sam Knight. What's that? The Caps better win tonight and hurry up and wrap up this series because I have a feeling that John McCain's death might neutralize whatever benefit you've received from Barbara Bush's death. That may be, friend, but have you realized that George H.W. Bush could also die at any moment, thus stacking the Washington Capitals with Bush ghosts? What if these are all potentiating deaths? They're all adding to the good luck. Mm. Well, Do you think of that? I, I, I don't know saying. where it all fits in. I don't know where it all fits in, but things are going really well right now, and I don't want... Hello, Harper. Hello. Things are going really well right now, and I don't want McCain... Well, I mean, I do want him to kick the bucket, just not at the wrong time, okay? I am already very nervous, folks. It is about four hours right now before the puck drops. Game six. The Washington Capitals have not beat the Pittsburgh Penguins in the playoffs in 24 years. I was eight years old. I saw it. I saw it the first time I ever watched the hockey playoffs. So I'll stop talking about it. Thanks to all our new subscribers on Patreon, patreon.com slash district sentinel. Five bucks a month gets you access to bonus content. We got some bonus content actually coming out uh, tomorrow. We're going to be talking about sex workers. You can listen to it by subscribing right now, patreon.com slash district sentinel. You also get your own haiku when you fork over five bucks a month. And we're going to read some poems right now. This one is for Austin. Two dogs, a stare down. It's Leica versus Harper, forever at odds. Thank you, Austin. This is for Adam. Good dog in the fort. Sweet pup, tender, soft like clouds. Rattles collar, though. You're right on that one. <laughs> Thank you, Adam. She does it every time she's in the studio. Yep. And again, thanks to our new subscribers, patreon.com slash district sentinel. It's Monday, May 7th, 2018. Here's the news. It's Gina Haspel week and the nominee herself doesn't want it to happen. Trump's pick to head the CIA is meeting with senators ahead of her confirmation hearing Wednesday. Reports over the weekend stated that Haspel offered to step away from consideration so the White House could find someone who might be easier to confirm. Haspel is being dogged by her past involvement with the agency's illegal torture program. The White House is standing behind her, though, along with current and former higher-ups at the CIA. But her confirmation is far from assured especially considering the charges coming down already from prominent senators who sit on the Intelligence Committee overseeing Haspel's nomination. Speaking to CNN on Monday, Senator Ron Wyden alleged that, quote, there's literally an A to Z cover-up going on here with regard to the CIA releasing records about Haspel's career. 
Wyden continued saying, quote, what you have is selective declassification. You have a public influence campaign being waged by the agency and just a boatload of misinformation. So I'm guessing that the D.C. cocktail bars won't be coming up with a special for uh, Haspel's nomination hearing on Wednesday. No, I'm guessing they won't. Though this will probably be one of the more exciting hearings of all the ones we've seen that had drinks made, like including Zuckerberg and uh, Comey. Either way, we have been clamoring for years for Ron Wyden to use the speech and debate clause in the United States Constitution to divulge state secrets. Do it, Ron. Speech and debate. Speech, Speech and debate. <laughs> Speech and so we, debate. We really need you, Ron. We really need you on this one. Call Ron Wyden's office at 202. No, I'm kidding. But seriously, <laughs> though, do it. <laughs> President Trump said today that former Secretary of State John Kerry may have broken the law by discussing how to save the Iran deal with foreign officials. The president made the declaration on his favorite website, Twitter, saying, quote, the United States does not need John Kerry's possibly illegal shadow diplomacy on the very badly negotiated Iran deal. He was the one that created this mess Whom in the first place. amongst us does not diplomize in the shadows? <laughs> the outburst came three days after the Boston Globe reported the existence of Kerry's campaign. According to the paper, Kerry met two weeks ago in New York with Iranian Foreign Minister Javad Zarif. The pair gathered to discuss strategies for saving the Iran deal. Kerry also met to that end with French President Emmanuel Macron and German President Frank Walter Steinmeier, and he also spoke via phone to top EU diplomat Federica Mogherini. Trump is saying these actions were, quote, possibly illegal because of the Logan Act, a 200-year-old law against influencing foreign policy that has never been used, at least no one has ever been successfully prosecuted under the statute, which almost certainly violates the First Amendment. In fact, when the Iran deal itself was being drawn up, the shoe was on the other foot. Republican senators were accused of violating the Logan Act after 47 of them wrote to Iranian officials saying they would eventually kill the agreement. The only sort of punishment the letter led to, though, they all got owned by Javad Zarif. Iran's foreign minister replied saying they do not understand how multilateral diplomacy actually works. I believe that was noted squirrel shooter Tom Cotton, mm -hmm. who was one of the main signatories of that letter. Yes, indeed it was. Uh, it, indeed it was spearheaded by the rabbit-eared, cake-eating maniac Tom Cotton. The crypto wars never die. Speaking to a group of state law enforcement officials on Monday, Attorney General Jeff Sessions said Congress might need to do something about encryption. Sessions claimed that the FBI was unable to access more than 7,700 devices last year due to encryption, though he didn't mention how often the feds are able to contract out help to hack into encrypted phones, like they did with the alleged San Bernardino shooter's iPhone. Remember, they took Apple to court to try and compel the company to break into the phone before finding a contractor that could do it for them instead. Sessions said, quote, ultimately, we may need Congress to take action on this issue. Now, Sessions stands in agreement with FBI Director Christopher Wray that encryption is, quote, an urgent public safety issue. And that puts both men in agreement with James Comey, the former FBI director who coined the term, quote, going dark to describe the FBI's challenge with encrypted devices. Comey, too, at one point called for Congress to take action. This was back in 2015 before retreating and urging the tech industry and law enforcement community to come up with a solution on their own. Try to legislate encryption is uh, kind of like trying to invent bullets that only kill the bad guys. 
Tomorrow, there will be midterm primaries in four states, Indiana, North Carolina, Ohio, and West Virginia. Ironically, the smallest of the four appears to be getting the most national attention. This morning, President Trump weighed into the Republican Senate race in West Virginia. The reason why? A surge in the polls by disgraced former coal baron Don Blankenship. Trump tweeted that Blankenship, quote, can't win the general election in your state. No way. Remember Alabama, end of quote. I guess he might be talking to himself since, of course, Trump backed Roy Moore. Yeah. <laughs> we all remember that. He uh, initially backed well, Luther in Strange in the primary, sure. Uh, but he really quickly walked that back and uh, at a rally for Strange at one point said he may have regretted not backing Roy Moore, who he would support if Roy Moore won the primary, which he did. Uh, anyway, I'm kind of meandering here. Blankenship and Roy Moore are scum for different reasons, and the reason why Blankenship is seen as unelectable. In 2014, he was convicted of conspiracy to violate federal mine safety laws after an accident four years earlier killed 29 of his workers. By the way, there were only 31 miners in the shaft when that accident happened. This guy should be in jail rather than running for office. He should be. And Blankenship might also be making himself toxic in the general, while winning over hardcore Republicans, with messages like this TV ad. Hi, I'm Don Blankenship, candidate for U.S. Senate, and I approve this message. Swamp Captain Mitch McConnell has created millions of jobs for China people. While doing so, Mitch has gotten rich. In fact, his China family has given him tens of millions of dollars. Mitch's swamp people are now running false negative ads against me. They are also childishly calling me despicable and mentally ill. The war to drain the swamp and create jobs for West Virginia people has begun. I will beat Joe Manchin and ditch Cocaine Mitch for the sake of the kids. Where's Sid Hatfield when you need him? (laughs) (laughs) Nice one, Nate. Now, I said this on last week's Sentinel cast, but I think it bears repeating in the age of Trump. Working class people aren't inherently bigoted and racism starts from the top because some rich psychopath needs a scapegoat. Some rich psychopath like Don Blankenship and... Donald Trump, for that matter, too. The Trump administration is ratcheting up its anti-immigration enforcement in what appears to be a designed effort to break up families at the southern border. Trump's Department of Homeland Security chief, Kirsten Nielsen, signed an order on Friday instructing border agents to refer all border crossers to the Department of Justice to face possible illegal border crossing charges. Considering that many of the people arriving at the southern border our families fleeing violence and desperation, then referring individuals for prosecution could pull mothers and fathers away from their sons and daughters. While adults would be investigated by the DOJ and face possible deportation, their children, who are minors, would then be transferred to the Department of Health and Human Services and eventually placed into the custody of a relative or guardian. This could be a cruel solution in search of a problem. 38,000 people were apprehended at the border last month, and while that number is up from last year, it's historically... Looking over a few decades, very, very low. That's going to do it for the newscast today. Before we go, let's check out the listener rant line. All right, so I've been looking for someone to rant about this, and this is the only rant line I know of. All right, so like three weeks ago when Trump did his airstrikes on Syria, uh, I noticed something weird, which was they hit three facilities, Two, they claimed were weapons manufacturers. The other was a research institution. The way they described it, it sounded like a university, right? So I look up Damascus University, and what do you know? Part of their campus is right where that airstrike was in Barza, right? 
So I'm looking at, you know, what part of the university would they be trying to blow up? And then I see right on the map, there's the Higher Institute of Applied Sciences and Technology, which is basically the school where you get a PhD in engineering, all right? And so I'm a PhD student, so I'm thinking, if someone blew up my research, I'd be really fucking pissed. And I know in Syria they have, you know, more things to worry about, but just wanted to get that out there. I'm like 99% sure that what we did was just blow up a bunch of PhD students' research. And, you know, according to Assad, there were no students there, you know, they evacuated, whatever. But I didn't see this reported anywhere else that we blew up a university. All I see is Science Research Center. So that's our rant. See you guys. Yeah, I mean, the line from the administration, of course, was that this was a research facility that was connected to Syria's chemical weapons program. Um, I can't speak to the details of that or the veracity of it, but if we did bomb a civilian infrastructure, it obviously wouldn't be the first time. I mean, back in the 90s, Clinton bombed a medicine factory in Sudan um, in, in the hunt for bin Laden. They also bombed uh, Serbian state media, I believe, uh, during the uh, air war over Kosovo. Hi there. Hi, Sam. Hi, Sam. Hi, Nate. It's me, uh, your buddy Marvin uh, from the Working Week podcast. Hello, everybody. Um, I just wanted to uh, make a comment on today, of course, a very auspicious day, the 4th of May. Um, of course, the day when we remember that 48 years ago today, uh, four students were uh, senselessly slain at the behest of uh, Richard Dick Milhouse Nixon and James A. Rhodes, the then governor of the state of Ohio. Um, you know, hey, it's uh, sure great that there's uh, no uh, military encroachment into uh, civilian communities uh, anymore, huh? <laughs> anyway, yeah, uh, apparently everybody only cares about Star Wars today. So uh, that's how we're going to commemorate this, this uh, incredible tragedy that taught us nothing. Right? Have a good day. Have a good week. Bye, everybody. Uh, more proof that Phil Greaves was right and that Star Wars is, in fact, fascist. <laughs> Jesus. Uh. Hey, internet, I've always been on your side, man. But don't be a liberal. Put some fucking shoes on the network. <laughs> Peace. Uh, I reject capitalism's colonization of footwear. Now you understand why I'm so hard on Nate. Now you understand. Uh, hello. This is the Pensacola Shrimper calling. Uh, Colin, to uh, encourage y'all to include more foot-related content on the podcast. <laughs> really great stuff a couple of days ago, uh, talking about feet and pain. Really love hearing about internate feet. Uh, more content like that would be great. Uh, I am also calling to register some displeasure with your piss-related content. I know I'm not the only one of your listeners. Uh, but that is really unchristian stuff, uh, and I have to say, I did not sign up for this uh, foot fetish podcast to listen to talk about tits or peeing or any of that, uh, so please bring us more feet, uh, especially internate feet. I'd be happy to hear more descriptions of those, uh, perhaps uh, I have some photos on the worst treat tweet. Uh, Twitter page. You could convert it into a shrimping page. Uh, but yeah, thank you for some great content. Uh, keep up the good work. And all of us shrimpers out there are going to be listening for more of these content. Thank you. Bye. My nightmare. <laughs>
really, uh, really appreciate the support we get from the shrimping community. Hey, Sam. Hey, Sam. Hello, intern Nate. Solidarity with intern Nate, but also fuck you, intern Nate. It's your buddy, uh, Doris Authority. Hey, I uh, just wanted to call in uh, two things. First of all, I just want to say Sarah had better taste than to put on the audio aids that is Bruno Mars. Uh, and secondly, um, I have a question for Macho Man Rand Paul's neighbor. I was just curious if he could confirm or uh, deny the allegations that piss is stored in the vault. Uh, it would really help me uh, clear up a bit of an argument I've been having at home with my wife. So thank you. I uh, hope you guys have a nice week, nice weekend. It's freaking Friday when I'm calling, so I uh, yeah, will fucking have a great weekend. I know you'll have a great week this week also. All right. All right. Bye, guys. Love you. Love you too, George. Thanks for the call. I hope... Uh... Macho Man Rampal's neighbor is able to get back to you with an answer, although we uh, have provided an answer to that numerous times on the show, Sam Knight in particular. This is a major uh, field of research he's been engaged in for a while, uh, the storage location of piss. Up, oh, look at us. More piss-related content upsetting the shrimper <laughs> listeners out there. <laughs> Please, bear with us. Anything to add, gentlemen? Just a great set of calls today going yeah. from an, uh, an impassioned, uh, seemingly well-researched rant on foreign policy to a uh, request from one listener to another uh, uh, to ask if P is in the balls. Call the rant line 202-684-6108. Sponsors of the show include the Congressional Dish podcast hosted by Jen Briney. Find it at congressionaldish.com, another sponsor, levelnews.org, and Citizen Capital. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, tune in by searching for District Sentinel Radio. Give us a review, give us a rating, tell your friends to listen. The newscast returns tomorrow. We're in D.C., so you don't have to be.